I really enjoy talking to people your age. Why don't you pass these around, and we'll get to this in a minute. Because you guys are not too young to make major decisions that are going to impact the rest of your lives. And I know some of the biggest decisions I ever made were at the age of 5, 11, and then throughout my teenage years, 15, 16, 17, 18. And I think that that really set the tone for a lot of the rest of my life. So it's really exciting to get to talk to you. And I know a few of you, and most of you I don't. So what we're going to start with today, and somebody that has their Bible, I have my phone, which has my Bible, but I'm not going to read this. I want one of you guys to read it. Somebody read Mark 12, 29 through 31. I hope you have a pen, because I'm going to want some interaction here. We do something at my house every week. I'll kind of explain what we're going to do, and then we'll read and give you some time to do it. Every week we have about 50 college students in my living room. It's really packed, and uh, food is gone instantly. (laughs) We've seen it evaporate in a matter of minutes. And what we do is we have an open Q&A, and we tell people it's totally anonymous. You can write down any question you have, put it in a basket. Today it'll be a bucket, and we'll talk about it. And it's the kind of thing where maybe some of us have some issue that's in our mind, and it kind of is like a rock in your shoe. You just, it's there, and it's really hard to grow in your faith as long as that's there and preventing that growth. And so if you have issues like that concerning these four areas, then I would like you to write down a question maybe that you have in one of those areas. It'll be totally anonymous. Nobody will know it's you. And if you don't have anything, that's fine. You don't have to, okay? So you don't have to ask a question just to ask a question. And we don't have a lot of time, so... We might not get to all of them. And we're going to somehow tie all this back into the issue of purity. So, who would like to read Mark 12, 29 through 31? Okay. Mark 12, what? 29 through 31. Awesome. So we're going to get to how this fits into purity in a moment, but I want to ask you to take a second and think through each of those key areas that Jesus is talking about here. Your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And think about any question you have in regard to one of those areas. For example, loving God with all your mind, that might be hard because of some doubt that you have. Maybe it's something that you've heard, and it's really difficult to love God with all your mind because that's there. Does that make sense? Or maybe it's uh, something with all your heart. Maybe there is an emotional impulse that you find is really hard to really give to God uh, for some reason, right? Or maybe you don't understand why God would even want that. So take a few seconds and write out that question if you have one. Again, you don't have to. If you don't have one, though, just to keep it really anonymous, just write, I don't have one, on your paper (laughs) so that we're all going to put the paper back in here. And we'll get to those in a moment. Underline the issue that you're asking a question about, too. The heart, mind, soul, strength. Underline which one of those it is on your paper. Sound good? While you're doing that, I'm going to make a shameless pitch for a men's retreat we're doing. So you're not all men, so you can't all come. But if you are a man, and all of you are old enough, we'll uh, we'll have people younger than the youngest person here. But... We're going to be talking about some of these these same issues, specifically purity. We're going to be talking about beating temptation and sin at this retreat this weekend. And we'll have guys ranging from 5 to 
80 at the retreat. It'll be a lot of fun. So if you want to get away and really grow in your knowledge of God and get some practical ways to beat temptation and sin, I hope you join us. And it's free for any of your friends or family as well. I mean, free as in they can come. It costs 20 bucks, so it's really cheap. And that covers food, snacks, activities. We'll play paintball and shoot clay pigeons. and It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a good time. Okay, so the standard, what is purity? Well, we're talking about characteristics of God, right? And God is pure. Pure in that he is perfect, right? Pure is kind of a description of how far something deviates from perfection. Does that make sense? Impurity would be um, not perfect, right? There's some reason that it is not perfect. If you drink water that has pollution in it, it's impure, right? It's not perfect water. And God, by definition, is perfect. There aren't a whole lot of verses that specifically say God is pure because he is perfect and he is the standard of purity, right? That is part of his very nature. 1 John 3, 3 does say that. It says, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And we'll talk more about that passage in a minute. So God is our standard of purity, and impurity is anything that deviates or strays away from his example or his character. So purity defined kind of the Greek word. We'll share maybe five Greek words this morning. And I don't want to get too much into that, but it might help a little bit. Actually, you have a few of them on your papers, too, as far as heart, soul, mind, and strength, what those really mean. But anyway, the Greek word for pure is hagnos, and it means from pure from defilement and carnality, not contaminated and clean. That is God's very nature. He is not contaminated. He is completely pure. He is completely clean, right? Now, purity is a description of how close something comes to that, and he's perfect, so by definition, he's pure. Now, perfection seems kind of impossible, right, to attain. This is really a cool concept, but we are called to be perfect just like he is perfect, and to be pure just like he is pure. There are a lot of verses that talk about us following his example of purity. So, Jesus, I want to just state, made the way. And Kyle, you put it so well when you were talking. You said he doesn't love us because we're pure. Because none of us are perfectly pure, right? And that is not the standard by which we relate to God. But we relate to God based on Jesus. And I assume all you guys know this, but I feel like I'd be crazy not to reiterate it again. But the reality is that we can't relate to God based on our purity and perfection, but on his purity and perfection, right? Jesus died on the cross. He paid for all of our sin so that anyone who would put their trust in him would have a relationship with him. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 14, this is cool. It says, by one offering, Jesus is offering at the cross, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So spiritually, he sees you through Jesus Christ as sinless because of what Christ did at the cross. Now it says we're continuing to be sanctified, right? <laughs> so now we're, he's working that out in the rest of our lives. And um, scripture talks about that too, about working out our salvation. And that's what's happening not just in a spiritual sense of salvation, but he's continuing to make us more and more and more like Jesus, more and more pure, right? And so, as we think about that, I wanted to kind of go back a bit to 1 John 3, 1 through 3, because it talks about that whole process. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we will be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. 
See, going back to becoming pure just like he is pure, it goes back to the hope of what he does in our life through Christ, right? Of making us his children, of becoming what we'll be in heaven, right? When we will be like him, we'll be pure like him. And he purifies us on this earth as we live out that relationship with him based in our hope in Christ. Okay, so the charge is to be like him. I mentioned it a minute ago, but Matthew 5, 48 says, be, fer- be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That is an extremely tall order, right? It's kind of difficult. And we're going to get to the number one key to letting him work that out in our lives. Not that we'll ever finally arrive there until we're with him. But before we get there, scripture tells us to become pure and blameless, right? On a side note, we always tell our students that God never commands you to do what he doesn't empower you for. Does that make sense? He'll never say, do this, and then not allow you to do that, or not make it possible for you to do that. So when he says, become pure, it's possible for us to follow that, right? Be purified through your hope in Christ. Keep a pure devotion to Christ. Call on the Lord from a pure heart, all right? Love from a pure heart. Think about what is pure. Have pure wisdom from heaven. And finally, he closes Jesus himself saying, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And I think when we close this out, I'm going to come back to that, because I think that's one of the biggest promises that's linked up to this issue of purity. So here's the easy plan. A lot of times we could get too focused on trying to become pure. Have you guys ever done that? Trying to beat all sin, trying to be better, trying to win this battle or that battle. And Jesus actually says the first commandment, and we read it a minute ago. What was your name? Harrison. Harrison. Harrison read it a minute ago. Good job, bud. Uh, But Jesus made it really simple. He said the most important one, referring to the most important commandment, or the best way, or the most fundamental way to be obedient to God and to be like him in purity, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater in these. See, all these issues of purity and beating temptation, beating sin, things like that, being like Christ and being pure like him, come back to this one issue of loving him more. Does that make sense? It's not so much an issue of just trying harder as it is loving him more and letting him change you from the inside out. See, if we will get our eyes on him, he really will change us from the inside out. So here's where I want to bring this up. The heart that is referred to here literally means your passions, desires, ambitions, and emotions. Your soul literally means your individuality, your personality, your self-image, your identity, things like that. Your mind would be your thinking, your intellect, your, your thoughts, all those types of issues. And your strength, your abilities, your strength, your physical body, your health, your resources, all those areas. It's hard to love God with all those things, isn't it? Right? It's incredibly difficult if we just try harder. So I want to ask you guys to go ahead and put your paper in this bucket. Can you pass that around real quick? Yeah. Actually, I'll just do this. And we will see. Just, um, 
would anybody feel comfortable talking a little bit about those areas? Maybe something that you found easy with those areas. What do you think? How have you found it easy to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, or strength? Okay, one minute here. Wow, not a lot of people had one. All right, so we got one question. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. There's a lot of bucket left. Yeah, there's a lot of bucket left. So we will see. I know. No, we can talk about it too. It doesn't have to be anonymous. What happens a lot of times um, is once you kind of prime the pump, once some questions start getting asked, other questions come up, you know. And um, I think that, that people kind of open up a little bit and all of that. So we have two so far, guys. So we're on. I don't have one. I don't think so. Wow. Okay, sweet. And it's okay. I just wanted to see. You don't have to have anything, but I wanted to see. And then there's some other areas, too, that I'd like to bring up because I think that there are issues that that we all think about and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, question number one would be, why is it so easy for my heart to get distracted? Have you guys ever felt that way? It's just super easy to get distracted. Maybe you don't want to not love God, but you find that it's easy for your heart to be really fickle. And scripture tells us that our heart is desperately evil, right? And that's true, right? All of us know that on a daily basis, we can be distracted with things that are good in themselves, but they're not as good as God, and things that are really bad, right? The reality is is that all of us have desperately evil hearts that Jesus needs to change from the inside out, right? And, um, Okay, this one says, will he always be here or with me, right? I think that was referring to God, and um, scripture says, yeah. Again, back to what Kyle said, not because you perfectly achieve all these issues of purity. You might fall way short. In fact, you will fall way short. You'll deal with sin. You'll deal with temptation, guys. And your Savior, again, is there because of what he did at the cross, not because of your perfect performance, and he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, right? He says, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And that is true. He won't. He says that he holds you in his hand in John 10, and that no one can take you out of his hand. Isn't that phenomenal? He says, again, that nothing can separate you from his love in Romans 8. And he goes through a long list. He says, nothing in heaven or on earth. He says, nothing in the present or in the future, right? He says, no created thing can separate you. So you're a created thing. Nothing in your present or in your future, none of these things could separate you from his love. He is always with you, right? Regardless of how you measure up to him, you're in a relationship that's based on his perfection, not your own. And at the same time, he desires to make you more and more like himself. C.S. Lewis, I think, put it this way. This isn't a direct quote because it's been about a decade since I read this. But he said, perfect love can... can can see sin and tolerate it, but it cannot 
quit willing that it would be removed. Does that make sense? God can see sin in our life and forgive us, but he's never going to say, but I don't want you to grow past that. He's never going to say, I don't want that sin out of your life. Because he knows what it's going to do to us. It's going to destroy us, right? Sin kills. Okay, last question that we have, and then we can even just ask a few others. How do I love God with all my mind when I can't get my mind off other things, even when I try? Okay, um, that's difficult. We, we can get our mind off other things. It's, it goes back to discipline, which is difficult sometimes. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ, and I can do that. There are a lot of things that come into our minds, right? Whether it's a temptation or maybe a doubt. On the college campus, how many of you guys are like within, I don't know, a couple years of going to college potentially? There's quite a few of you guys. I'm not kidding you. As soon as you get to campus, you're going to get hit with an onslaught, a barrage of lies. You literally will. And we have professors that will literally say, um, off the record, I will lie in class to see who's paying attention. That professor that said that was actually teaching a class called the Historical Jesus. So you'd think that he had evidence about who Jesus was in history, right? In reality, he was lying intentionally, deceiving students. That guy actually got demoted from teaching anymore on that topic by a a very liberal non-Christian school because he was straying so much from what is true. Does that make sense? But you're going to get hit with this stuff and it'll distract you, right? It'll distract your mind. Because you'll get this kind of pebble in your shoe where this doubt just keeps nagging at you. I want to encourage you guys. There's, there's no doubt that doesn't have an answer. Does that make sense? I've been investigating for many years. I'm 33. And as a teenager, I struggle with so much doubt. And I would investigate. And every answer has been satisfied. Every question has been satisfied with good answers. And I can tell you honestly, to pursue the truth and to learn and to be willing to find the right answers instead of just letting that linger and drag you down, right? And on a side note, we do a radio show every week that deals with these things. It's on the campus station, and it deals with evidence for our faith. And we go through doubts that a lot of people are thinking. Yesterday, it's every Sunday morning at 8.30. Yesterday, we talked about the top 20 reasons to reject Christianity. And it's big criticism from a major atheist. And we just went through point after point why it doesn't hold up and why the evidence does point to Christ, right? So as far as being distracted in your thinking, guys, I would encourage you, if it's a doubt issue, to to talk with somebody that you trust and get some good answers. Don't just think it's benign and you can just let it be, right? And you're always free to email me if you have a question, or I'm sure you guys can put them in contact with somebody with answers. And if somebody ever tells you, don't ask those questions, because I hear this from students every single year. I just heard it last week before Thanksgiving break. I was talking to a girl. She said, I got told, you know, quit asking those kinds of questions, so I left the church. If you get told that, keep asking. (laughs) Go to somebody different, because that person maybe doesn't have the answers, but somebody will, okay? Okay, if it's something other than doubt, if it's just a distraction, cultivate this ability to, to... to be disciplined in your thinking. And you can. You're not incapable of being disciplined in your thinking. Colossians 3 tells us to set our minds on things above. Hebrews 3 says to set our minds on Jesus Christ. Philippians 4 tells us to set our minds on things that are pure. We'll mention that in a minute, or I guess we just did. All these different passages talk about setting your mind. And again, that's something that, through his power, we can do. 
As we conclude, I like to think of purity as unreactivity with the world. That sounds kind of bizarre. How many of you have ever taken a chemistry class? Couple. Okay. You guys remember about valence electrons, right? I like to talk about chemistry because that's my major. In college, I graduated with a degree in chemistry. And but anyway, the valence electrons are the outer shell electrons that react with other elements or atoms or molecules to form chemical bonds, right? And what happens is if you don't have your full outer shell filled up, you're reactive, right? You're reactive and you need to react with something to be satisfied, to be fulfilled. And that's the same way with us. If we're empty in some area, we're going to always be reacting with the world, whether that's sex or porn or, gosh, doubt or peer pressure or just trying to react to be satisfied inwardly. If we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we are going to be satisfied in Him, and we will be unreactive with those things. Does that make sense? We won't need any of that stuff to meet a need that Christ is meeting the way only He can meet it. So I really want to encourage you, again, to love Him with everything, and you will find that that internally brings you to that place of purity. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Scripture tells us in James that sin doesn't start with temptation, but before that, with our desires. It says that each one is tempted when by his own evil desires he's dragged away and enticed. So if you want to cultivate a life of purity, of defeating sin, of beating it, it goes back to letting God change your desires. First and foremost, that's foundational. And we do that simply by delighting in him and letting him change us from the inside out. Be patient with yourself. Cloud and Townsend say grace plus truth over time equals growth. It's going to take lots of time, lots of grace, and lots of truth for each of us to grow into this person that God has made you to be. So be patient. And then realize it's him doing the work in you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says the Holy Spirit is transforming us day by day into his likeness. So if we want to be pure like he is pure, which is what we started with, it's a process that happens over time as the Holy Spirit does that in our life. Okay, now here's the promise, and this is what I'll close with. 2 Samuel 22:27 and Proverbs or and Psalm 18:26 both say, "To the pure you show yourself pure." And Jesus again promises in Matthew 5:8 that blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. I want to encourage you guys. Barna, who does a lot of Christian statistics, says that only 8% of Christians feel they've ever experienced God. So in a room of about 20 people, that might mean just a handful. Max, two of you feel like you've ever experienced God. I bet it's higher in this room. But if you want to experience God in a real way, Jesus himself says it starts with being pure like he is pure. Right? And you will experience God. You will experience the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You will experience the abundant life that Jesus promised. And so I would encourage you guys, set your eyes on him. It says that in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And... Make him your greatest desire. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you'll see him doing this in you. So that's about it. Yeah. That's great.